from the Hustle and Faith, this podcast is dedicated to helping you find your trail to a happier, healthier you by discussing topics like self-improvement, business, health and beauty, and random thoughts about life from a Christian perspective. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. Are you enjoying the Hustle and Faith podcast? Regardless of where you listen to Hustle and Faith, if you love this show, please leave us a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash hustle and faith. Again, that's ratethispodcast.com forward slash hustle and faith. Doing so will help others to discover this show. Thanks again for your support. It is very much appreciated. Are you ready to break free from the worker bee mentality? Life is way too short to learn everything the hard way. Why not take a shortcut and use Starring You services to help start your side hustle? Starring You is proud to offer the following services. Marketing consulting, podcast research, content marketing, course creation, and voiceover work. Starring You services will help you acquire the skills you need to break free from the hive. In this week's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jasmine Mobley. Jasmine is podcast host and co-founder of Beauty of the Nile. The Beauty of the Nile podcast is a leading destination for skincare and beauty information focused on helping women of color best care for and love your brown skin. Beauty of the Nile makes science-based skincare and skincare-infused makeup for skin of color. Beauty of the Nile's breakthrough products were developed over several years with experts on skin of color, dermatologists, estheticians, makeup artists, and product developers. Beauty of the Nile's products address the unique skincare needs of skin of color as a primary concern. Beauty of the Nile's mission is to provide effective skincare products to people of color so that all know to love your brown skin, to affirm and amplify that all skin tones are beautiful, and to reject colorism. You can get more information at beautyofthenile.com. Welcome to the show, Jasmine. Thanks, Tasha. I'm so happy to be here. It's fun to talk to you again. Exactly, exactly. I loved our conversation as well. And I'm so happy that you are on the show. First of all, I absolutely love the name Beauty of the Nile. What motivated you to create the Beauty of the Nile podcast? Yeah, it's such a great question. I think Beauty of the Nile is such a an awesome, beautiful name because mm-hmm. it really, to me and to us, really embodied the beauty of women of color from all backgrounds, all shades of brown. And really like what made me want to start having those conversations is I felt like there wasn't enough positive conversation around skin of color, you know, how we care about it, how we feel about it, how you love your brown skin. So really like we talk about all things from skincare education and information for skin of color to how you can best care for and love your brown skin, how we can challenge beauty standards and combat colorism. So all those things are really at the core of the podcast and the conversations that we have and you're right. I think the name is just like such a great fit. So it all just kind of works together. Yeah. I absolutely love the name. Um, Thank you. I love it so much. So you, you mentioned a couple things such as colorism and the conversation, not necessarily being as (laughs) empowering or enlightening when it comes to, um, you know, uh, brown skin. What do you feel is the biggest challenge within the beauty industry today? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I mean, I think that there's a few things. One is we're in this era where 
you know, in the past, people didn't really even pretend to care about diversity. <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And now we're at this place where I feel like we're almost reaching a point of tokenization versus mm-hmm. true representation. Um, and I think you and I might have also talked about this, yeah. but I think we see a lot of big brands sort of tokenizing diversity, saying they care about it, but you can tell there's not a lot of authenticity backing that up behind it. Yep. You know, I, I'll give an example. There was a brand, um, a few years ago, this was very recent. So, you know, people might hear this story and think, oh my gosh, was this, you know, in the nineties, maybe, no, this was like 2020, I believe there was a brand, a big brand that you would have heard of that is selling, they sell makeup and skincare and they had, it went viral because they had a photo of basically black face on a hand because they didn't have any black or models of color to show that their products worked on that skin color. So they literally painted the palms of a hand that was clearly white beforehand, brown, like dark brown, mm. which as you and I both know, our palms are not, you know, the same color as, you know, our skin on the back of our hands. So it was a clear moment, right? Of like, okay, somebody told them that they needed to have diversity. They clearly didn't care to do that. We have no proof that their products actually work or in any way care about people of color yet. Here they are, you know, slapping blackface, literally, I guess we'll have to come up with a new term for it on hands, but blackface on a hand, <laughs> you know, and, it, and there's a long list of examples like that, but I really, you know, look forward to BD of the Nile being a part of the change and sort of this push for authenticity and real actionable change really focused on truly understanding and addressing the unique needs of skin of color, because if you don't understand people's essence, what they're about, where they come from, why, why their skin may be different, you know, what the differences are, then how can you really truly serve people? And I think that's really where the, the gaps are right now in the industry. Yeah, I, I cannot agree with you more. Actually, your story reminded me, I read something not too long ago, and I had to laugh because <laughs> this is the craziest story. I, I saw it on LinkedIn, and it was this woman that was talking about, it, it was a Black woman, and she was talking about how she was in a co-working space. Oh, I wish I could find her name or think of her name. And she was in a co-working space and this white woman just came up to her out of nowhere and said, I have a makeup line and I want to try this on you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and the black woman was like, um, no. And the the white woman was like, well, I really need someone of your skin tone. Da, 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 da. I was trying to explain the whole thing and got upset when the black woman rejected her, oh my goodness. Her, her approach. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, there, there there's gotta be like some sort of like, like etiquette training or something too. I was right. just thinking about what you said. I don't know why that story popped in my head, but no, it's there's a more than one point. way to go about trying to include folks, but you also got to make sure that you're not ambushing folks unnecessarily too. Like I totally. just, it was crazy. I was like, what well, that is crazy. And you can't see my face, but I was cringing the whole time. <laughs> the whole I know. Time. Like I, I, when I was reading the story, I'm going to see if I can find it. Um, it, it was insane. I was just yeah. like, this is crazy. I'm like, okay. And of course the woman got upset because, um, and when I say the woman, the woman who wanted uh, the black woman to test the line got upset. And I was thinking to myself, okay, we do have the right to say no to, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, think about it this way, right? Like to, to be upset, as you said, shows such entitlement. And again, if you really cared about the person, there are so many other ways, as you said, to, go about this process. So like, th- I have so many question marks in my head when I hear that, right? Number I know. One, <laughs> like so many, right? Number one, why did you have to run up to a random black woman? At, I know. At, what is it? The store or whatever? Like, why couldn't you 
get anyone else to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what was, what is going on with you that people didn't perhaps want to partake in that? Did you have any people of color involved in the creation of your products exactly. in the testing of your product? You know, there's a lot of huge question marks. And again, like you said, just the entitlement to, to become angry. But I, but I think that, you know, that's sort of the thing, right. And I think that we, as people of color for a long time have been sort of the afterthought for people. Exactly. And I think that's exactly. And for a lot of brands and for yeah. big brands, some other brands as well, like, you know, clearly that's a perfect example of being, you weren't even considered the product is done. Exactly. It's, it's big. Like, and she's like, she's not saying, I want you to try this because I think it will be great for you. Cause she probably doesn't. She's yeah. saying, I need you to try this because I need somebody with your skin tone. And that exactly. I think just sums it up perfectly. Exactly. When you were saying your example, I was like, oh, I got to share this story. Cause I had read this sadly. I think this was maybe about a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I I just couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing. It was on LinkedIn (laughs) and I was like, wow. Anyway. I mean, it's a wild world, but that's why I think there is so much room for change. And like you said, just true authenticity versus tokenization. I really think that is a good way to describe it. Exactly. Exactly. So how can women of color challenge society's definition of beauty? I think that's such a good question. I mean, One of the things that we say all the time at Beauty of the Nile is love your brown skin. Mm -hmm. And I think really the biggest thing that that means to me is that there is so much beauty in brown skin of all shades. And we really want to affirm that beauty across the spectrum of brown skin tones and really combat colorism through that. And I think, you know, there's a few ways that you can do that. You can consume content that is positive and uplifting Mm -hmm. and, you know, affirms your beauty, whatever that means to you, you can take care of yourself. You know, like you and I talked about this, I believe on, on the, our podcast swap, you know, we talked about the importance of self-care, really caring for yourself. And I think skincare is a great way to do that. At least for me, just really investing in, you know, a good routine, good products, taking care of myself. Um, and then I think again, getting information from people who really know you, because I think the more you feel seen and the more you feel included, the more confident you can be in yourself, in your beauty, um, and to feel like you are a beauty standard as well. I, uh, I interviewed someone on the beauty of the Nile podcast, uh, a few weeks ago, and she had this really great, she said this really great thing to me. And she said, you know, coming to beauty of the Nile feels like sort of, a library of content for women of color, you know, where we can Mm -hmm. go and learn and feel like it's trusted information. And she said, for me, being a part of beauty of the Nile made me feel like I'm deserving of being a beauty standard too. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was like the best thing that I could have ever heard. You know, I didn't know that she was going to say that, but I think that, you know, it's, there's a lot of power in surrounding yourself in positivity you know, saying something even like love your brown skin is even that is a revolutionary thing. And I hope that, you know, over time, more and more people start to say that and embrace that and, you know, um, join us in that mission. So to me, I think that's one way to really challenge and redefine beauty standards. And I mean, I know we talked about this a little bit, but beauty of the Nile, the brand, um, you know, exists to create skincare products, like science-based skincare and skincare-infused makeup for skin of color. And there's so much research that went into it, talking to dermatologists and estheticians and makeup artists and product developers of color. And so 
all of the products are really focused on addressing and seeing the unique needs of skin of color, why it's different, what it needs differently. So we, I think it's just investing in brands, in people, in content, in podcasts like this that we're on right now, right? That make you feel good, that lift you up. I think all of that is challenging the standard of beauty because the more you see yourself and others like you, the more you realize that you too, you know, are beautiful and that there's not one way to be beautiful. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense that I, I was just nodding my head. That is such a beautiful answer that you just gave. And, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so glad that we were able to connect because there definitely need to be more brands such as yours on the market because if, this is going to sound bad, but I'm, I'm being honest. I feel like in order for, in my opinion, in order for folks to really have some sort of skincare line or skincare market, it really does help to have the actual person, the end user, be the person that's actually going to be creating the, the brand yeah. or at least have them on the team. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yes, a hundred percent. And I mean, I know you have experience with this having worked in the industry, Exactly. but I think it's really, I think it's really hard I would say it's almost impossible, right? Like anything. So for example, we talked about this before we started recording. Yeah. I decided to run a marathon. That's insane. It's hard yes. to do something. It is truly <laughs> insane. We can just call it what it is for everybody listening. It's insane. But it's hard to do anything if you're not fully committed to it, is my point, right? So like yes. if you're half-heartedly saying, okay, well, we got to do diversity now, quick, right? Because you know, you and I talked, we've both worked at big companies and at big companies there are quotas, right? And you are yes. being rated based on now all of a sudden how you fare with diversity and are you creating brands or serving diverse populations? And, you know, you and I can both, I'm sure, speak to this, but there's not always a lot of heart behind it. And mm -hmm. frankly, the people mm -hmm. on the team usually have very, okay, first of all, very little bare bones understanding of what it means to be Black or Asian or Hispanic or a person exactly. of color in any way. But then even that layer deeper, which I think can only come from authenticity and a true heart for it, because it's hard work, right? To really learn and educate and create something good. Um, it takes it takes a lot of, of extra, that extra level of effort and thinking and care and concern that I think it's almost impossible to have. I think it is impossible to have without you know, a dedicated effort and a clear vision. And how can you have that vision if you've never been affected by these things that we're talking about, right? How can you, exactly. you know, how can you say something like love your brown skin, a hundred percent guarantee that no big company would ever say anything like that, Yeah, but, exactly. but it, you know, but it's true and it, and it resonates with people and, you know, no big company would talk about colorism because I think first of all, most of them don't even know what that is. Exactly. Um, yes. You know, it's and then, true. but it's so big for us, right? Like for people of color, it is a big thing that is, has been quiet for a long time that we're just deciding, you know what, we're going to say it out loud and we're going to take it head on and find ways that we can come through it. And I think a lot of like, you can do that through conversation. You can do that through product. You can do that through a brand that actually cares about you. You know, there's so yeah. many, you and I talked about this, I think before we started recording um, previously, but, you know, a lot of black women, women of color have felt like rightfully so for so long that, well, why do other people have so many different choices of brands? They have a choice of yes. every different type of product. You know, they have, you know, medical grade products and they have non-medical grade products and they have, and they don't ever have to wonder, will this work for me? And, mm -hmm. you know, that's just one thing that I personally, and that we really 
want to change is like, why is there not, you know, beauty of the Nile is the first, the world's first skincare line. That's a hundred percent designed for the needs of skin of color, which is like, to me, I was like, wait, why has this not been addressed? Why don't we have the option to have like real science and real dermatologists and real people focused Mm -hmm. on our needs? Why is that the case? And why do we have to struggle to trust products and have all these issues? So, you know, um, I think it's just, I think it's hard for brands to really care or think of anything, you know, in this way, because it's, you know, they don't, they don't really care. Right. You know, know? it's true. It's true. And actually that's a perfect segue to my next question. In the event that there is a brand, (laughs) a very (laughs) rare brand that actually does care, how can brands build meaningful relationships and show up for women of color? It's interesting. I think a good start, you know, like you said, it won't be a hundred percent of the way there, but I think a good start would at the bare minimum to have a person of color in the room, you know, and that sounds laughable, but starter kit, starter number one. (laughs) Yeah. Starter kit for if you've never been exposed to diversity in your life and you are now leading diversity at your company, which happens a lot, you know, ask somebody for the love of God, right? Really? I mean, ask somebody, uh, phone a friend. And, and I will say I've had experiences, you know, you, you, we talked about this, I think previously as well, we had some good conversations, but we, you know, there's been times where big brands, you know, ads will go to print or things will go to air and you're just like, you know, and there's a black person in it and the ad is looking crazy. Right. It's like, Mm -hmm. and you're like, well, how, how, how did that happen? How did that get through? How did I not see this? You know, how were you not a part of that conversation? And so really, I think that can help. And then I also just think it's hard, right? It's hard to do this in general, but just try to get people on your team in general who just actually care and understand why they're focusing on diversity if possible. But I really do think it, it is a hard thing. And the other alternative, by the way, is to just kind of not to be facetious, but kind of stay in your lane. Meaning Yes. If you, if you try to create something for people and communities that you don't understand at all, you will fail and yes. that, you know, period. But if you try, well, whoever you are, if you try to create things, communities, spaces, or whatever for people that you understand or that you care about, you have a vested interest in, I think it will come across as more authentic and you'll probably create something better. Yes. So, you know, you could also do that, right? Just focus on something yes. that that works for you. Cause you mentioned earlier, you know, ideally, especially with things like our skin, which, you know, people don't really, many people don't realize how skin of color has a lot of differences in terms of, you know, it tends to be more dry because we don't have as many ceramides, which is basically what keeps your skin moisturized. We tend to have eczema more. Mm-hmm. We tend to have more sensitive skin, which is why we tend to get more hyperpigmentation from irritants. So like, there's all these things that are different. And if you don't understand that, you can't possibly, and if you don't want to understand that, you can't possibly do better. So I think it's just wanting to do better. And then if you feel like you're totally a fish out of water, maybe just try something else <laughs> or exactly. get somebody else to do it, right? What's the little TikTok? Get somebody else to do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, yes, and again, nodding to everything that you just said, because I've definitely seen some horror stories and uh, yeah. It's, it's, it, it never ceases to amaze me. If you don't care, just kind of stay in your lane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in my opinion, because you do more harm than good. And it's a lot, it's a lot easier to just kind of like, 
okay, maybe this isn't what we should be doing than to try to clean up afterwards. Totally. I mean, it's it's just, I don't know that maybe it's a laziness in me. I just (laughs) don't want to have to clean up afterwards. Well, no, I mean, you, you, you've seen, we've both seen what the cleanup has to look like. It's just like, it could have been avoided. Right. And, and I think we had, you know, spoken about this before as well, but you know, there was a large brand that did the sort of, they had their soap washing their body. And when the woman, the black woman washed her body, she became lighter. She became yes. like a woman and it was like, woohoo, now you're done. And this is a very, very major brand. And I so sort of like you said, maybe just don't, I don't know how, how we got there, but it's sort of like, not everybody is qualified or needs to be the spokesperson on all things. So, you know, maybe try to educate yourself, do something, but whatever it is, don't do that. Cause that was, <laughs> that was crazy. And that, that was nuts. Yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about too. That was nuts. Yes, <laughs> totally nuts. But you and I both know that it happens more than we would all like to admit. And that, yeah. and that now, you know, in this age of iPhones and social oh, yeah. media, like it's becoming more visible. People yeah. are talking about it more, but as we know, this stuff happens a lot all the time. And, and if you're lucky, if brands are lucky, it happens on a smaller scale where it just flies under the radar. But um, you're right. If, if you're not, if you don't know, just maybe this is a moment where it's just best to listen, observe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about all sorts of different, um, you know, brands. Now I kind of want to pivot the conversation a little bit. What does a healthy skincare routine look like? Yes. Okay. So this is good for everybody listening. This is kind of the key. I'll just give like basic good elements of a healthy mm-hmm. skincare routine. And again, you know, for the listeners of color who are listening, there are specific things you can implement, you know, if you struggle with hyperpigmentation or acne or eczema, things like that, but I'll give high level. And then anyone can feel free to like follow up after this or on beauty We have a ton of information about this, mm-hmm. but I think one thing you got to start with is a good cleanser, a gentle cleanser, um, to kind of rid your skin of bacteria, cleanse yourself. It's just always best to start with that. And then I also incorporate a moisturizing toner to help Mm -hmm. balance out the skin again, unclog pores, those sorts of things. Then you can go in with a targeted serum. Serums can be anything for like hyperpigmentation can be for aging. It can be for whatever your, you know, struggles are that you have with your skin. You can implement a targeted serum for that. And then moisturizer is so important. And a lot of people forget about it. Moisturizer helps if you have dry skin, if you find the right moisturizer, it can also help balance out oily skin. It can help with Mm -hmm. aging signs. It can also um, help with acne, staying moisturized or not being moisturized enough can be a huge cause or, you know, encourager of acne. And people don't realize that you think like, Oh, let me just dry it out. But that's not, not the case. So definitely that. And then SPF, a lot of people think that specifically black women, black don't crack. You know, I heard that Asian women say Asian don't raisin. I was taught that by one of the dermatologists that I interviewed. So (laughs) we all have these myths, right. That we don't need sunscreen or whatever, but you definitely need an SPF because it helps while our skin ages slower, like we, you know, we look young for a long time in general, um, you know, having SPF can help slow the signs of aging. It can also help with hyperpigmentation, preventing that sunspots, age spots, all that stuff. So that is what I would say is a good basic skincare routine for anybody listening. 
And again, just focus on ingredients that are good for your skin and your skin type. So true. So true. So what criteria should women of color use when trying to evaluate a brand or a technique? Because again, you, you rattled off a lot of amazing products, which a lot of, um, a lot of them I use myself, but what criteria should we use when trying to look for a cleanser, trying to look for a moisturizer? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I would say there's two big things that I would focus on. Number one is just be sure that you are seeking information from a brand that has created with you in mind. So, you know, you should be able to find information on the products that you're looking into buying on your skin type on, you know, you should have easy access to like customer service to ask your questions, whatever they may, may be a good FAQ section, all that sort of stuff, because really, and as you know, I know Tasha, like the brand will really be a good indicator of what you can expect, the quality of the products, where mm -hmm. they're coming from. Um, so that's really important to me. And, and I know I mentioned this before, but with Beauty of the Nile's science-based skincare products, we work with dermatologists, estheticians, makeup artists, you know, product developers, all of, all of those great experts. So our information is coming from them. And so that's where you can start to understand, okay, what ingredient will work best for this skin issue, for my skin tone and all that sort of stuff. So I would say, at least for me, it makes me feel very comfortable to have information from experts. So that's my number one thing. The second is make sure that you are on your own time. And I've talked to several women who do this. Just make sure that you're seeking out good, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Maybe we're biased, Tasha, because we yeah. podcast. <laughs> but I listen to a lot of podcasts about beauty, about skincare. Mm -hmm. um, so make sure that you're just listening to those and really listening to people who have your similar skin type, you know, on what's working for them. Um, like I mentioned on the beauty of the now podcast, we have so many different types of experts that we've had. We've had like beauty editors who try out a bajillion products. We have content creators who also try out a bunch of products, dermatologists, estheticians. So all people who have a wide range of product experience. So we're able to get into what works, what may not work, why it's working, what you can do. So I would say just gather information, um, from different sources and trusted sources uh, would be my biggest advice and what makes me feel comfortable when trying a product. And then also, you know, look at reviews, look at what other people are saying, which is kind of, you know, you can get that from content creators as well, but, you know, look at, look at reviews on the brand's website, see what other people are saying. Um, and, you know, I want, I want people to feel empowered about their skin. So I think information is a good way to empower people. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I probably should have asked this. I'm going to, I want to piggyback off of this question. I probably should have asked this a little bit earlier, but you have your own brand beauty of the Nile. And so I know you saw that there was a gap in the marketplace. I've always known there's a gap in the marketplace, but you actually took the action to create a brand. So I was just curious what motivated you, or maybe that was the sole motivation. What has it been like launching your brand and getting out there. Just curious about that. Yeah, such a great question. So Beauty of the Nile um, is definitely a labor labor of love, labor. Mm -hmm. I can't even, probably because of my running, I can't even talk. I'm so That's okay, girl. You deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Folks, it's, again, she ran a marathon over the weekend. So look, back, all right. <laughs> excuse any um, typos in my language. Um, so a labor of love for sure. So the podcast I've been doing for years, and I think it was just kind of this natural flow of conversations that I was having around 
you know, skincare and beauty information specifically for skin of color. We started talking about colorism. We started saying, love your brown skin and having these really great conversations around, you know, challenging beauty standards. And that kind of all flowed really nicely in creating the brand beauty of the Nile. I think I mentioned to you, um, but I'll say it here for everybody. Beauty of the Nile is kind of like a family business. It's me. And then I'm a co-founder, my parents, um, as well. And so the brand name has actually existed since 1992. My parents created it. So it's sort of like this rebirth, um, of the brand now. And it kind of just flows perfectly with all the conversations that we're having on the podcast and all this sort of, um, sort of need that I saw and that we saw in terms of positivity around skin of color, actual effective science-based skincare products, you know, from people that you can trust and really a voice to help combat colorism. So we really just want to celebrate brown skin in all shades, give you products that we know work um, for our skin, educate you on those products and on your skin, and then really work in everything we do from the podcast to the products, to our conversations, to combat colorism. So, you know, that's really what we're about. And it's been such a blessing to do this, to do it with my parents. Um, they're just the best and it's really great to work with other people, you know, who you trust and who have the same heart and vision as you do. And so if anybody wants to learn more, you can definitely go to beautyofthenile.com and you can check everything out there and be the first to know when we launch. It'll be, um, it's coming up very soon. So you'll be the first to know and get discounts and all that stuff. That's awesome. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to check it out. So yeah, just had to, probably should have set that first off. I, I had that question and I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh, no no problem. Totally your show. Um, But yes, I'm so glad that you're excited and you'll definitely be on that first to know list. So I'm excited Fantastic. to share with you. Fantastic. So getting back to the, the, the skincare um, kind of line of questioning, what's the biggest misconception about how to care for brown skin? Yeah, great question. So to me, I think, and I touched on this briefly before, mm-hmm. I think it's just this idea that black don't crack, you know, yep. you know that there's no need for sun protection or anti-aging and that, you know, that we can't get, it. that's actually not true, right? And actually, you know, melanoma and people of color is, can actually happen quite often, but it's often overlooked by dermatologists who are not familiar with skin of color, which again, goes back to the importance of having a dermatologist or, you know, trusted experts who actually understand your skin Mm -hmm. and how it's different because you could have a very serious situation going on that gets missed because people are not familiar with your skin tone. So just, you know, that, and also that our skin will just age gracefully forever and that we don't have to do anything, you know, I think, we're, I don't know about you. I think, I think we talked about this, like it, it definitely takes some upkeep. It may not be, you may naturally age a bit more gracefully, of course, because sure. of the melanin in your skin and the oiliness actually helps as well. But in, in, in general, people of color tend to have more oily skin, mm-hmm. but you know, you do need to invest in yourself and care for your skin and really pay attention to ingredients and it will pay dividends in the long run. So that would be my biggest thing is that we just don't need to do much. Although we all look fantastic, you know, it is good to (laughs) invest in yourself and start now. Right. Um, and just, and also it just feels good to take care of yourself, to take care of your skin and to, and especially when you find, and you know, that you have products that work for you and you're not worried, you know, who created these, who did they come from? And you know, Mm -hmm 
kind of the science and all that stuff. At least for me, that makes me feel comfortable. So found out relaxers were bad for us. So, which honestly, looking back on it, it was literally burning when we put it on our scalp. So we probably should have known. So definitely. I always thought that, I I always thought that going through that process, even as a child, I'm like, this doesn't seem right, but exactly. Exactly. So, you know, just trust yourself, but again, look for what I always try to do is look for the good ingredients. What are the good ingredients? What are they doing? Can I tie them to a specific benefit? And like, let's roll with that. You know, you know, I was thinking about this throughout our conversation. It is so difficult to keep up with all the products, the services, the trends, how, and where do you self-educate? Yeah. I mean, so for me, it may be a little bit different than your average consumer, I suppose, but you know, for, for me, I think we just have a great group of dermatologists, estheticians, scientists that we work with. And that's where I get a lot of great information, knowledge from. And then of course, on the beauty of the Nile podcast, we also interview and want to provide trusted skincare and beauty tips for skin of color from experts of other sorts as well. Right. Like editors and people who've seen all these products and content creators and also dermatologists and estheticians. So for me, um, it's those conversations that we have with, with our teams and the folks that we work with. And then also the folks that I get to interview on the podcast and have conversations with. And then I also, you know, am a consumer of, of podcasts as well. So I just try to stay up on what's happening and do my own research and, you know, go from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've got one really fun question. And I ask this question to everyone that comes on the show. If you had to choose one word to represent your goals for this year, what would it be and why? So for me, the word would be love. I think that I want to put more love into the world. I want to put love into everything I do. I want to live in love and light and um, you know, I mean, that's even, we say in beauty of the night all the time, love your brown skin. And I think there's just not enough love in the world for each other and for self. And I think the more we pour into ourselves, the more we invest in, you know, self-care, whatever that looks like for you, skincare, you know, getting a massage, doing whatever, the more love we can put out into the world. And the more we, you know, like we talked about this before, the more that you invest in telling yourself that you love yourself telling yourself that your brown skin is beautiful, the more you can say that to somebody else and really mean it. And so that's what I want to put out into the world this year. And I think that encompasses everything. You know, I want to be a loving daughter, a loving sister, a loving friend, um, a loving teammate and lead with love. So I think that's a, a good way to put it. And I love that answer. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, you know, I, I love asking this question because I have yet to have someone repeat the same word. Oh, that's pretty cool. It, it, it's cool. And I've been doing this for what we're on our sixth season and I yes. have yet to have someone repeat the same word. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. cool. I, I, like I that. love that. Love that so much. So thank you for keeping the streak going and you didn't even yes. know it existed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't mess it up for you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And last but not least, what's the best piece of advice you have for women of color? Yeah, I think I can't say it enough. I think for me, it's really just love your brown skin. I think the more I've really found and it, you know, I've really found that I've had all these conversations through the Beauty of the Nile podcast, how powerful 
that phrase can be mm-hmm. and how, like you said, it evokes such different emotions and feelings in different people. And I think that the more that you really start to shift the narrative that we've been told for so long that your brown skin is not beautiful, that it's too dark, you know, that if it were just a little bit lighter, you'd be more beautiful. You know, once we start to change the narrative and create our own beauty standard, then I think the world will start to shift for us and it'll be such a beautiful place. And I think that I've seen how much that phrase has unified women of color from all different backgrounds where previously, you know, sometimes we would be at odds, right? Sometimes people would be, you know, not feeling so unified or feeling like we're very different. And a lot of women have said to me, you know, now I, I didn't realize that this was happening, you know, in the South Asian community and and in the Mexican community and, you know, and that we have these similar experiences. And I think the more we, we really rest in the fact that we have more in common than we have different, then the better the world will be. And I, and I want us to be a part of that. So for me, it is love your brown skin, which you've heard me probably say a lot of times today, but I just think it's, I think it's really powerful. I agree. I agree. Jasmine, it has been such a pleasure being on your podcast. So be sure to check out the beauty of the Nile podcast. Um, it, it is a beautiful podcast. I, I really enjoy the podcast and I was very honored to be a guest on your show and thank you so much for coming on to the Hustle and Faith podcast. So um, once again, thank you for that. And if folks wanted to get in touch with you, how can they go about doing so? Yes, you can definitely head to beautyofthenile.com, which is where we'll open the website soon. So you can put in your email and be kept up to date on all the information on the launch. And you'll definitely want to do that. Also, when we launch, there's tons of skincare information and great stuff there. So find us there. And then you can also find us um, on Instagram at Beauty of the Nile and in our Facebook community. We have a private Facebook group where we have great conversations. You can do that um, Beauty of the Nile community on Facebook. So find us those places and we look forward to connecting with you. Fantastic. Fantastic. And and this information will also be in the show notes as well as the Hustle and Faith website. Once again, Jasmine, thank you so much for coming on to the show. It is it is such a pleasure to speak with you. And again, I am thoroughly behind everything that you are doing and wish you nothing but the best of success with the launch of your brand. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me and for supporting us. And just, I'm so grateful to have been a part of this conversation today. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy listening to Hustle and Faith and would like to support the show, please consider sharing it with your friends, rate or leave a review, donate, or make a purchase at Starring You Crew, our fitness apparel shop. Remember, if you're everything to everyone, the risk being no one. You never know who you will inspire. See you in the next episode.